let's turn in our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 10. We're going to start in our media team. It would be awesome. And it says in verse 10 of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, here is my advice about what is best for you. Not worse for you. Not kind of like a little tack on. But this is best for you. This is going to help you. What is best for you in this matter? Last year, you were not only the first to give, but also to have a desire to do so. Now finish the work. Your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. Verse 11, it's up on your screen, it's verse 12. But one more time, it says, now finish. So that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. I read this verse of scripture a few months ago and was just captivated by the fact that the Bible is literally saying that the best thing for us in life is to finish. And I realized that for so often in Christianity, our, our premium is on enthusiasm. We put such a premium in our Christian faith on passion. And so we should, because man, I don't believe a cynical person has ever changed the world. Do you agree with me? God is looking for people who are passionate. David was passionate. God's looking for, Peter was passionate. Paul was passionate. Christianity has been built through passionate people. But the Bible doesn't just say passion is enough. In fact, it says, as there was an eager willingness. In other words, as there was this, this, this passion to start it, may there now be a completion of it. In other words, God's saying, I'm not just looking for people who get fired up, walk into church, jump up and down. Man, that's good. That's better than sitting there with your arms folded, you know, scowl on your face, looking like, you know, God's looking for passionate people. He's looking for joyful people. But then the Bible says, as there was this joy, this eager willingness to get started, that it's not enough just to kind of have that kind of spiritual flitter around, you know, I'm just a, just a flitterer in Christianity. It says, as there was an eager willingness to get it going, you've got to finish what you started. And it struck me that God is looking for people who finish. Finish. He's looking for people who don't just start stuff, but people who finish it. As there was an eager willingness to desire it, May there now be a finishing of it, a completion. In fact, the Apostle Paul, who wrote this in Acts chapter 20, wrote about his own life in verse 24. He said, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may the race and complete the task. So it says, now finish, that your eager willingness to desire it may be matched by a completion of it. Finish, completion. Finish completion. If only I may finish the race and complete the task. The Lord Jesus has given to me the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. So he says in 2 Corinthians, finish the work, complete the goal. In Acts, he says, finish the race, complete the task to this finishing and completion. Now, James chapter one, talking about a person's life, it says in verse two, consider it pure, pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. I find that difficult personally, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must, perseverance must, 
finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. So he says, finish the work that your eager willingness to desire it may be matched by a completion. Then the Paul says, I may finish my race. I may complete my task. And then James says that when you fin- and perseverance finishes its work, you'll be mature and complete. So there's a, a, a theme that runs throughout the Bible of finishing and of completion. It says, finish the work, complete the project. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 8. So there's a project. Acts says, finish the race, complete the task. In other words, the mission or the purpose that God had for him in his life. So there's a purpose, there's a project. And then thirdly, there is a person that God is working in every single one of our lives to bring us to a point of completion. Now in the Bible, whenever you see the word completion, it could be replaced by the word perfection. In the Greek, they're interchangeable. So literally the Bible is saying, I've got to get you to a point where you finish because this is the pathway to perfection. Now listen, God is perfect. Not only is God perfect, but God is a finisher. In fact, there's only two things independent from people God ever started that I can think of. They are creation and salvation. Apart from that, He's always moved through people because He gave us this earth to rule and to reign over. So His work is through, alongside, and to empower His people. But creation, He started it without us and He finished it. Salvation, He started it without us. That's why we call it grace. Can somebody say, yeah. And how many people know He didn't just start salvation, but He finished it. So God's finished everything He started. His work has always been complete. His work has always been perfect. And God is saying, church, I want you to be finishers as well. Complete the project, complete the purpose and complete the person. Now the devil doesn't want our lives to be like that. In fact, I want you to understand that the devil actually wants our lives to be unfinished all the time. No matter what we get fired up about, no matter what we commence, the devil just wants our lives to be incompleted in every fashion. He wants our hearts to be filled with unresolved issues. He wants our lives to be filled with incomplete projects. He wants abandoned missions. He wants people to walk away from the call or the purpose that they started. Maybe they poured their heart out to God at an altar call when they were 14 years old. Now they're 45 years old and they'd have to admit that they're on the bench. They're not serving Christ. They've taken a back seat and the devil's going, yep, I found an abandoned mission. This person will never complete the project. I found, I found an, an incomplete uh, project that the person was starting. Their goals will never achieve and there's unresolved issues. The person will never be be truly formed into what God wants them to be. And so over the series of messages, over the last few kind of times that I've been speaking, I've been just unloading this. And you know, you might be sitting here going, Cameron, where's the depth in this? I don't care. You, you just got to take what you know already and finish it. And you'll find the depth God wants you to find right there. Can somebody say amen to that? God is saying, now finish. It's a simple word, but if you apply it to your life, it will change your life. Do you believe that this morning? Our problem is not so much that we don't believe that we should finish anything, but that we're so eager to start everything. Come on, am I the only one like that? You just live your life wanting all the time to just get something started. We're fired up about so much things. I mean, first thing, you know, we're like, we've got to study. You know, we've got to study because it's very important to study. And not just to kind of complete your schooling. Then you've got to get a degree because everybody's got to have a degree. 
And then, you know, after you've done your degree, then you, you better get your honors. And after your honors, well, it's time to get started on a master's. And, and you're just like, I got, I got to start something. I got to study all the time. And then after we've done that, you know, we're, we're like, well, we need relationships. We want to get married because it's all about love and marriage, love and marriage. And we're, we're all about, you know, getting, getting married. We want to start a relationship. We want to have children. You know, and we got to, it's another, it's another thing in our lives. And then, then after that, well, we go, well, man, we've got to travel because, man, you're not really cool if you never get to travel in life. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, all about, it's all about seeing the world and doing stuff. And, you know, then we've got to have a career. We've got to get that going. We've got to start a career. Come on, let's, 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 get, let's get started. Let's get married. Let's travel a bit. Let's have a career. And then we're like, okay, all right, right, right. We're gonna, we know we're going to own our own home. We know we've got to do that now. That's very, very important. You've got to own your own home and you've got you to buy one, get a mortgage. You gotta, now we've got to keep fit. We've got to keep fit. So come on, let's keep fit. And you know, let's work it, baby, work it. You know, and we've got our Pilates classes, not me personally, uh, but you know, uh, maybe some girls and some metrosexual men, but you know, we've got, we got to get this thing going. You know, we've got to get this going. We've got to, you know, we're you know, we, we, we going, we've got to get fit. This is something we've got to do this week. And then we're like, okay, well, I'm a Christian believer. So this is all the stuff that everybody's into, but I'm a Christian. So I, I want to know the Bible. So, you know, let's get that going. Come on. All right. So let's read the Bible cover to cover. You know, let, let's memorize some scripture. Let's get this going. We've got, we got to get this started. You with me today? Then we've got we to gotta serve God. I've got to serve God. I've got to utilize my gifts and my talents. I've got to lead. I've got to, I've got to be a life group leader. I've got to be a care pastor. I've got to join the worship team. Somebody recognize my talent, give my own microphone. You know, we, we, got to, we want to pastor in the church one day, pursue a career in ministry. We want to serve God. You know, we're Christian believers. And, and then we want, to, we want to train our character and get our character up to speed. And so, man, we're just busy, just all this stuff that we've got to get going across our entire lives. It's like, we, we've got to get this thing going down and, and we're busy starting a whole lot. Now, now this is the thing though, because it's not just the things that you start, but then it's the things within what you started. I mean, I'm tired just looking at all these things I got to do right across here. But then within it, you know, the moment I say, well, I got to study, well, within my study, there's a whole lot of things that I got to, I got to do. Somebody was searching for small boxes before the service. Looks like we made them, but you know, within it, we got, we got, we got you know, it's not just, it's not just about, you know, studying, but you know, I got to go through my schooling, um, uh, now I've got to start my degree program. Now I've got to work upskill class after, after, after hours. Now I'm doing my master's degree. And then it's not just about getting married. I've got to first, I've got to find a girl. I've got to shave. I've got to learn to dress cool. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. And then I've got to learn how to make a date. It's a lot easier now. We don't have mixtapes. We have iPod playlists, but it's still a lot of stuff. You know, then I've got to woo the girl. I've got to stop burping and blowing off for a little while. Um, you know, okay, all right, now the big box. I gotta learn to live with this girl. You know, far out, girls are crazy. You know, and, and then we got, we got this one going on and, and then we're traveling, but it's not just traveling. We gotta get a passport. You know, we gotta book some airfares. We gotta save the money. That should be this box. That's the money box. You know, and, and, uh, and then we gotta, we gotta work out where to go. All right, so, you know, then we got our career and, and man, you know, this just stuff. Oh man, I'm bored with my career. It's time for a new one. I gotta go back to school. I gotta start all over again. And before you know it, there's stuff within the stuff. And what we're doing is like we started this and we started that one and we started the next and we, we started them all. And then within it, there's all the things that we've got to do within the things that we've started. And I don't know about you, but it just feels like sometimes I've just spent my whole life 
starting stuff. And look, nothing I put up here is wrong. There's not a single thing up here that's kind of a bad thing to start. But we tend to move from one thing to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And then within the thing, the thing that's within the thing, and we're starting everywhere. But when you step back at your life and go, what did I finish? You realize that you didn't finish a single thing. And so the Bible's saying, it's not just about what you start, but my friends, it's about what you finish. See, the problem with life is that most things, you know, we're trying to finish actually do resemble more than we realize building blocks in our lives. In fact, I preached last Sunday night from a passage of Scripture that says, if you're going to build a tower, you've got to work out what it takes to finish the tower. And really, with life, the problem is, is that if you try to tackle all of these things simultaneously at the same time, it's not recognizing the fact that really building the one is what empowers the building of the next one. I mean, look at this. If you want to get married, well, then the first thing you better do is train your character. You're best not to focus on trying to find a relationship. You better start real young training your character. Because if you can develop that one, then you can, now, now listen, if I want to train my character, then really the best place for me to start is to get to know the God of character. So now I'm building a foundation for a life. Now listen, if I want to travel, I'm really an idiot to spend my life trying to travel before I own my own home. Because now my equity potential for capital gain is going into airfares and travel. And when I get back, it's wasted. So I'd be better to buy a house and then look at traveling later. It's building blocks for a stable life. But if I try and do them all the time, I might get a trip in, but might never own my own home. If I'm busy changing my career all the time, then I might never get to travel or own my own home. So it's about saying, well, which one is the most important and which one is gonna get me where I want to, where I want to go? Then I'm gonna get my boxes in the right places. So my friends, God is looking at our lives and He's not just saying, hey, listen, what are you starting? But He's saying, let's get this real. This is actually the building blocks to a great life. Now this morning, I wanna talk to you some more about what it takes to finish. And here's the thought, is that the key to finishing is in the starting. The key to finishing is in the starting. The key to finishing is in the starting. If you remember nothing else from the sermon today, take home one thought, that the key to the finishing is in the starting. Are you with me this morning? The first thing that I wanna to talk to you about is if we're gonna finish what we've started, the first thing we need to do is start God's starts. This is so important because in our lives, there are so many things that we could be devoted to starting. In fact, you could hear this series of messages and actually walk out the door and go, God's put His hand upon my life for a purpose, but I've got to finish a whole lot of stuff before I start what God wants me to start. Now, friends, that would be the wrong appropriation of this message because we're going to deal with this a little bit more as we get into it. But I want you to know that if, the, if you're in this room and you truly entered into that time of worship that we just had, if you ever read the Bible, if you ever pray, then your life is being progressively awakened to a sense that you're on this planet for a purpose. Does anybody feel that? That God has literally put me here for a reason. There's something that He wants me to do. He doesn't want me to coast through life. 
He wants me to love Him and He wants me to love people. At a grandiose plan, that's what God's got for every person in this room. Know Him more deeply and love people more wholeheartedly. That's all you need to know about the plan God's got. But the moment that you realise that God has got a plan for your life, then start the God start. Don't wait till you finish everything else. Get busy with this one. Then prioritise everything else down from there because there is nothing you can build on that isn't built on the foundation of a life of purpose. Listen, you could own your own home, have your own career, travel the world, be so buff you got a six pack of abs. I personally never had one, but you know, you could do all that stuff. But if you don't do this, then at the end of your life, you'll look back and go, I was an idiot because God put His hand on my life. Don't wait till it's later. In fact, the Bible says you shouldn't look in three more months and then the harvest is ripe. Jesus said, if there's something I put your hand, my hand on your life to do, do it now. In fact, let me give you a passage of Scripture. In Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17, Nehemiah speaks to them and says, you see the trouble we're in. Jerusalem lies in ruins. Its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the walls and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me and what the king has said. And then they said, let us start rebuilding. And so they began this good work. Let us start and so they began. I want you to understand something so simple, church, but let's get it today. You will never finish what you don't start. Man, literally what they're looking at is Nehemiah says, man, this place is a mess. Why hasn't anybody started? This is Jerusalem. God put His hand on Jerusalem and you've been living in it and it's been a mess for years. Where is the person, the man, the woman who's gonna man up or woman up, if you can do that, and say, let's get started. Let's do something. But the moment they started it, the favour of God, in fact, He literally says, I told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me. In other words, when you start, you get God's favour. There's nothing not started that doesn't get the favour of God on it. Now, in a message about finishing, you're saying, where are you going? I'm saying to you, you've got to start first. It might seem massive. It might seem all-consuming. But if you start the God start, your life will make sense. You'll have a sense of purpose. You'll die happy. You'll live for the purposes of God. You'll witness His favour. Listen, there's many things about your life no one is ever going to remember. No one is ever going to look back at the life of Cameron and say he snowboarded well. He was a great holiday guy. He was awesome on the beach reading a book. No one's ever going to say Cameron owned his own home. No one's ever going to say, but hopefully one day they would be able to say that I did something for Jesus with my life. So if you start the God start, then you're starting your life on a direction of purpose. Come on, somebody say amen in this place this morning. The second thing I want to just say, and this is so simple, but you got to catch it, is start to finish. Start to finish. In other words, if you're going to start anything, don't start it to start it. This is where this separates just the enthusiastic people from the people who actually get stuff done. i got a verse for you. It's going to challenge you pretty ready. You're ready to turn the person next to you and say, this is going to challenge you. Just tell them right now. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 4. When you make a vow to God, in other words, when you start something, do not delay the fulfilling of it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. It is better not to vow 
than to make a vow and not fulfill it. Do not let your mouth lead you to sin. And do not protest to the temple messenger, my vow was a mistake. Why, would, why should God be angry at what you are saying and destroy the work of your hands? Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore, stand in awe of God. Remember that our God is the finishing God. And so the scripture literally says, listen, don't start it unless you plan to finish it. Don't tell God you're up for it unless you plan to deliver on it. And then it says, listen, stand in awe of God. In other words, God is a finisher. If you stand in His presence, you're going to realize God's not just up there going, yay, look at them. They're clapping. They're, 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 they're jumping. They're, 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 look at, wow. That put, give, Gabriel, this guy is really into church today. Give him a mansion in heaven. He's looking down going, yeah, you, you fired up today. But did you finish it? Did you follow through on it? Was it just for your high school years? Was it just for a short period of your life? Or are you still aiming to finish it? Come on. This is one of the things I appreciate about Tony Clark. He's been my friend for the whole journey of Arise Church. And one of the things I love about him is his life is constantly about what he felt God spoke to him about many, many years ago. I mean, he's got a family now. He's got precious. But I love you, Tony, because you're just committed to always advancing that mission that God's got on your life. It's like, I'm not, I'm going to keep the blinkers on. I'm going to learn Chinese. I'm going to go forward, going to influence governments, going to change the world. And it takes a lot of guts to stay through every season of your life saying, I'm going to remain just as on fire and just as focused and just as sacrificial and just as determined as I was when I started. But the Scripture's saying, don't start it unless you plan to finish it. Man, this is so profound because if this gets into somebody's life today, they're going to realize that God expects us to finish it. That's what he says, man, don't, don't, don't go back and say, well, I, I, you know, I got it, but I made a mistake. He's saying, look, don't say to God, you're going to do it unless you're going to do it. No one wants to say amen now. You've got to know the cost of finishing and decide whether there is going to be a finishing. And then out of that, decide whether you're going to get started at all. Don't start it by starting and then going, can I finish it? The Bible literally says, know whether you're going to finish it and then do it. Feel the awe of God. In other words, feel the weight of starting anything. In marriage, if you're going to start getting married, if you're going to take that on, then feel the weight of it. You can't just get married, put a tick in the box, guys, and then move on to your next project. Your wife is not a one-off deal. It's something, yeah, I've got a lot of love from the sisterhood in the room this morning. I'm buying the tape, I'm buying the tape. You can't buy the tape. I'm downloading the MP3. I'm getting old. But you know, literally the Bible's saying, feel the weight of it. If you're going to do anything, the marriage, the mission, your character, if you're going to start it, start to finish. You with me? Number three, limit your starts. Oh man, this is so important because right now it's starting to, the rubber's starting to hit the road. In fact, Proverbs 19 verse two says, not, uh, not, it is not good to have zeal without knowledge or to be hasty and to miss the way. Because zeal without knowledge will make you an eager willingness to start it person, but not a completion of it person. The Bible's literally saying you better limit your starts. Otherwise, you're going to be, have you ever gone for, uh, driven somewhere? This happened to a friend of mine just recently. But have you ever driven somebody somewhere and you are so late that you're flying down the road trying to get to where you want to go 
that every turn you're supposed to turn down, you go flying past the turn that you, am I the only driver who's ever done this? Sometimes when you're running late, you know, you're driving a little bit too quick and you go flying down the road and you're like, I, I, got, I, I know I got, there's a left turn, there's a left turn and left turn after left turn is flying by and you're like, there's a left turn, there's a left turn. And next thing you know, you're 37 blocks on from where you were supposed to turn left, but you're just so zealous to get there that you miss the critical turns. And the Bible's saying, look, hang on a minute, you've got to limit your starts. Sometimes in life, if you're going to walk this journey, you're going to have to hold back on all the plethora of things you could get involved in. Listen, if there's one thing, people say to me, John, how is the Rise Church growing? It's an international inspiration, what God's done through our church, and it's His church, and it's for His glory, and He has done it. But if there's one thing that God has led us to do that has helped us to move forward, is that we didn't do everything. In the first year of Arise Church, we went from zip to 120 without a single children's program. No, day, no, no parents' room, no dynamite, no rocket. And people come to church and say, do you have children's programs? I'm sorry, no, we don't. Oh, well, we're not going to stay if you don't have a children's program. Well, I'm sorry, but we've just started this one service. It's, it's really maxing us out right now. Here's a pack for your kids, but we're not starting anything else. Until we get this finished, we're not going to start a new thing. Then we get that service up and running. The next year, we started another service. We started the kids' programs. But then people are like, where's your small groups? There's 400 people in this church. Are you going to have a life group? No, I'm sorry. We're really committed. We've got a lot on. Until we get these two services going, there's going to be no life. Well, I want a church with life groups. Well, I'm sorry, but this is what we're doing. And then we started the first life group. Stefan and Kerry Crosser were there in the first life group meeting. I was there, a bunch of other people. I led it. And now we've got like 130 something life groups here in Wellington alone, plus Hamilton and Christchurch. And God's in something good, but we limited our starts. We went three years without a youth group. We just have one kid in the church who would come up to every guest speaker and say, hi, my name is Dave and I am the youth group. I mean, now it's like spot the, the person who's not in the youth group. But we said, no, nah, look, we've got two services. We've got some life groups, and that's all we've got time for right now. So we're not going to do anything else. But we have not moved from weakness to weakness to weakness. We have gone from strength to strength to strength to strength. And man, this is true of a person's life. I'm telling you, God doesn't want you just to start everything. He wants you to limit your starts. Don't have zeal and miss the way. Don't be so hasty that you're busy starting and never finish anything. Number four, you excited right now? I mean, I mean, look, oh, can I just break this down a little bit more? Just this limits your starts. Am I in front of the right box? Good to know. And this thought of limiting your starts, I mean, look, I mean, since January the 12th, we've seen in our church over six, uh, sorry, 800 people make a decision to follow Jesus Christ since January alone. Can we give the Lord some praise? Come on, give him some praise. I mean, wow. I mean, we were going like for the last few weeks, Sunday night after Sunday night, 50 decisions, 60 decisions, 40 decisions, like just crazy. God is on the move. Then Elevate's experiencing something of a revival. Lots of teenagers giving their lives to Christ. Then even in our morning services, people are finding Jesus. Now listen, that's a lot of starting. So then people are like, well, man, it would be great if this church could do more missions trips. It would be great if we could do that. It would be great if we could do the next thing. We need intercessory prayer. Let's, you know, let's start that thing. You know, we need a ribbon dancing ministry. And there's like a lot of things. I personally think we should have one. And I think that Ray Moore would be a great guy to lead it. Because he has no personal shame. 
which is a great attribute. But you know, this is the thing. It's like, well, hang on a minute. Well, until we got these 800 kind of really connected to Christ, we haven't got a lot of time to start something else. So if we want to make this work, you've got to limit what else you do. And this is the way of everything in your life. Whatever you really value, they've got to start with the God start and then go, well, if I've started the God start, then there's a lot of other things I just can't do. I haven't got time for them. I just got to walk away from them. It has got to limit the things in my life that I'm involved in. This is about what it means to finish. Are you with me this morning? Number four, stop quickly any wrong starts. Stop wrong starts. This is the danger is that once you start on a wrong course, man, it is so easy to feel like you just got to keep going in the commitment that you've got to the wrong thing. And my friends, if there's one thing God wants you to know, if you're going to finish the God stuff, you're going to finish the significant things in your life, then maybe this series of messages is about saying, I've got to stop some things that I've started before I finish them. Now listen, in the book of Exodus, the Bible talks about Miriam and Aaron, and it says they began to speak against Moses, began to speak against Moses. Then God says, you guys come out to the tent of meeting. I want to have a chat. God turns up and says, all right, here we go. Miriam, you now have a leprosy, and I am going to finish what you have started. I want you to understand that there are things in our lives that we've got to stop them before God stops them. Stop some stuff. Bitterness, you just got to stop it. Got to walk away from bitterness. A life of cynicism, you got to walk away from it. You cannot embrace it. It's not God's plan. Resentment, stirring up some kind of accusation against somebody, living your life out of petty jealousies. Whatever is in your life, sometimes you just got to stop it. I was telling with somebody the other day, but this is not on my notes, but I just feel to tell you the story and I hope you don't judge me for it. But after I became a Christian, um, I'd never before in my life, I got saved when I was 18, I'd never before in my life ever done anything to get physically fit. I mean, I played sport when I was a kid, but then that was it. So then I start going to the gym, and I am into it. I mean, I'm going to the gym six, because I have an obsessive personality. Whatever I get into, I'm going to do it. This is why Jillian always likes me to wash the dishes, because I wash the dishes, I wash the pots, I wash the bench top, I'm out there with the spray and wipe, I'm up in the floor. I mean, she's going to come back, that kitchen looks awesome, because once I'm into it, I'm into it. And so I, I go to the gym, and I am getting physically fit, but I'm going six days a week. I'm taking the protein stuff. I mean, I'm, I mean, you know, I mean, but I'm, I'm trying. You know, it's about, it's about having a go, you know. Don't mock me. Stop it. But I'm in there going for it, and I felt like the Lord just said to me, John, you've got to walk away from this. You've got to walk away. And I'm like, but God, I've got to be fit. And he said, well, physical training has a little bit of benefit. But how about of all the energy you're putting into going to the gym, you put that same amount of hours into developing your knowledge of my word? Now listen, there have been several points in my life where physical fitness priorities in my life, literally God said to me, stop it and put your time into this. At the moment, till Easter, I'm fasting Twitter and Facebook. And I've just added to it my stuff application on my iPhone because I want to read the Bible cover to cover in 100 days. Now, it's taken me 90 minutes a day just to make my way through it. And so I had to work out where I was going to stop some stuff. So I stopped some things to get some other things done. And my friends, if you just add to your life and never take, you'll never fulfill the purpose of God. 
In fact, let me just talk to you about pruning. Man, I don't know why, but God's just hammering somebody on this. The Bible says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Every branch that does not, I cut it off. Because the microphone seems to work when I'm over here. Every branch that bears fruit, I cut it off. But every branch that does bear fruit, I prune it. Now listen, I'm a gardener and I can tell you there is no difference between pruning and cutting off except for whether the branch is alive or dead. So in your life, if you add and never subtract, you'll never achieve the purpose of God. And there are sometimes in your life, you just got to stop what you started. And just say, I started the wrong thing, flat out, admit it, own up to it, deal with it, change it, repent, move on, and heaven will pour out its favor upon your life. Somebody say, I'm happy about that. I can stop some things. I can stop some things. You know, the first thing that I ask every time I plan my week, the first thing that I ask is what's in my week? What am I trying to achieve this week? I look for the goal. And the second thing I do is I look across my calendar. I did it last night. And I say, what's in my diary that should not be in my diary? Where is the time getting wasted? So this is the fourth one. You with me so far? I got a few minutes left. This is going to get better. Next one. You got to decide what to start and finish first. You got to decide what you're going to do first. If you're going to finish the plan and purpose of God, you got to finish the first things first. We talked about this before, but if you want to have a great marriage, first deal with your character. Listen, boys, don't search for a girl while you're still rampant with insecurity. Jealous is all get out. Cannot control your temper. This is deal with your anger. Deal with your insecurity. Get a sense of God-centered confidence. Listen, this is gonna help you because number one, if you deal with your anger, you'll treat the girl better. And number two, if you deal with your insecurity, you'll get a better girl. It's true, man. Decide what to start and finish first. Proverbs 24 verse 27. Finish your outdoor work and get your fields ready. After that, after that, after that, build your house. Finish your field work. Get your outdoor work done. In other words, what's the point in building your house if you've got no crops in the ground? Because you're gonna have a palace and be starving. So get your income streams rolling, get your movement going, get, get the productivity in your life and then build yourself a nice little home to live in. But work out what you're gonna start and finish first. Man, when you look at creation, this just opens your eyes to understand that our God started things and see, we talked about it in big picture, right? This is where I get excited. We started, we talked about the fact that God started creation and He finished creation. Everything He started, He's finished it. But break it down for me, my friends, because God just didn't start and finish creation. He did it in stages. So the Bible says the first thing He did was He said, let there be light and darkness. And He created the chronology of time, the sequential nature of this universe that intolerates our finite existence was the first day of creation. And that's all He did. He said, that is first. Then he said, okay, now I need to separate the expanses. I need to have water, I need to have land, and I need to have sky. Gravitational fields, the fact that we have an earth and there is not just water and earth and everything everywhere. God said, let there be, and this is where the universe really began to take shape, it was not through just an explosion, but because of the hand of God upon it. He said, that's day number two. Then day number three, he says, my Lord, we're gonna have some plants, we're gonna have some trees, we're gonna have some vegetables. This is incredible, by the way, because 
because that's what he did on day three. He laid the, he laid the structure of fertility and multiplication on day three. But check this out. It's not until day four that the light came and enabled that which was already created to begin to flourish. So God literally says, I'm gonna get it ready and then turn the lights on. How cool is God? And then in day five, the Bible says He created the birds and the fish. In other words, everything in the ocean, everything in the sky. And then on day six, He created the animals. And once He'd done that, He breathed lump into a life of breathed life into a lump of clay. And as a result, breathed lump into a life. He breathed life into a lump of clay. And as a result of that, came humanity and life. And the breath of God is in our lives, which is why we are the pinnacle of all of His creation, because He chose to breathe life into it. But look at it, my friends. It is actually a construction of something that God built progressively over time. This is absolutely blows me away because really what God wanted was to get everything ready for you and I so that when we came into this world, the whole universe would be ready for the arrival of us. And then he said, now you rule and reign over everything that I have created. Check this out. If you start and finish the wrong thing first, then you don't rule and reign over it because now you've got a lot of stuff that's actually at the bottom that should be at the top. And this, there's no way to outdo this law in any person's life. You have to finish what God said first to do. That's how you get the life that you want. Don't do the world travel and then try and buy your own home. Buy your own home, then do the world travel. Build your life sequentially. Deal with your character, look for a relationship. Fall in love with Jesus and then look for a relationship. It's saying, look, build your life first things first. Deal with the right stuff in a progressive fashion. Is this helping anybody today? Come on, man, I'm so convinced that God wants us to finish stuff. He wants us to finish Many people are trying to create light and vegetation at the same time, and it just doesn't work. Because next thing, something's growing. Something's growing, but you haven't finished the completion of the project. God literally said, I'm going to get it ready. going to get it all ready. No, no, no. We need, we need some more green over here. We need some more vegetables over here. We've got to get it all ready. Okay, now turn the lights on. And listen, that's exactly what God's doing in somebody's life in this room. You feel like you're in the dark, in the shadows, not knowing that you're in day three and your day four is about to roll around. It's just around the corner. God's getting ready to suddenly cause fertility and fruitfulness and multiplication and abundance just to drop into your life. But you've got to go through this day. Number six, I don't know where it is in my thing, but I'll just do it anyway. Don't stop until you finish. Don't stop until you finish. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. The band can come and join me. If we do not give up, we will make it all the way. In other words, what you've started, you've got to finish it, and you've got to keep going until you finish it. It struck me as I was preparing this message, the longevity with which the heroes of the faith had to keep going before they finished what they started. I mean, and, and it seems to kind of go down over time. But Noah was 500 years old, approximately, when God told him, build the ark. But the Bible says it was after his 600th birthday that he entered the ark. Now, listen, I've never done anything in my life, just an incomplete project other than the church. By the way, every large church in the world has been pastored by the same pastor for 20 years. 
which shows you that you've got to take a long time to finish something significant with your life. I can tell you the first 10 years of my marriage were good, really good. I mean, I've loved every day that I've been allowed to live in the same house as Jillian. But the last five have been so much better than the first 10. Because every day you track towards that goal gets better. You've got to be committed to finishing. And man, we've had dark nights. We've had to argue till late in the night because Jillian's got a lot of work to go. (laughs) You all know that's a lie, don't you? It's me. But think about Noah, 500 years building that ark. Think about Abraham. God said to him, leave this place and I'll give you descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. But Isaac, who was number one, Number one of descendants promised by the Almighty as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Child numero uno was born after 29 years of waiting. 100 years to finish the ark, 30 years to get the first kid, Jacob. Leave where you are was the father's commandment and go and get a wife. 14 years later, he had the woman of his dreams. That's a lot of keeping going to finish the task that God asks. And I reckon that all across this place, one thing we've got to deal with is the fact that God is looking for people who are in this room who are going to finish some stuff. He wants us to be finishers. Acts 20 verse 24. My life is worth nothing if I, only I might finish and complete the task. Philippians 3.14. I press on toward the goal to win the prize. In other words, I've got to finish this sucker. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. The last of these writings. I have fought the good fight. I have finished. I've kept the faith.